Hey, everybody. Welcome to Quizlet, our weekly chat with upcoming Quizotron guests. I'm your host, Rebecca Watson, and I'm here with my co-host, Quizotron's resident comedian, Keith Jensen. Hey, Keith. Hey, how are you? I'm super. How are you doing? Doing good. Good. Uh, our panelist interview uh, today is with a true comedy legend. I'm so excited, Keith, you managed to set this up because he has written several books. He's toured a one-man show. He's appeared on Letterman, HBO, Comedy Central. And according to Wikipedia, he's been fired by the San Francisco Examiner twice. Uh, please welcome to the show, <laughs> Will Durst. And PBS three times. Wow. It's a, yes. it's a true badge of honor. <laughs> it is PBS and humor, not a not a match. The board goes back. Ah, oh, it's sad to hear. Uh, y- it seems like you are doing a million things, though. Right now, you have a podcast and you're writing for various outlets. Like, do you want to give us a brief overview of all of the things that you're doing right now? Yeah, I do a commentary that's available on my website every week, and uh, it also goes out to twelve different radio stations around the country and uh, then I write a column every week and the column is uh, syndicated as well through Kegel cartoons and it's available on my website willdurst.com and I got a little one-man show I'm doing on the road called Durst Case Scenario and I in in this show I have abandoned all attempts at bipartisanship Yay! Uh, yeah, yeah, I figure I'm going after him the same way he went after us. Uh, I'm just playing by his rules. Lies and threats and insults and alternative facts and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, so, gonna... well, th- th- it's really interesting to me to hear you say that you're abandoning the bipartisan thing because that's been like your flag for at least as long as I've known you, decades, I think, is that you've really been the bipartisan comic. Uh, What's that like to finally just kind of let that go? It's like running without weights on. It's, uh, (laughs) although I do take out the Democrats because they're useless and I I malign them for uh, giving up a Supreme Court seat, you know, by not fighting for it. And uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, Trump, the hard part, about telling jokes about Trump is Republicans don't think they're funny and Democrats don't think they're jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also because it, it so much changes so quickly every day, there's something every right. single, you know, I, I say this in the show that I switch between the giants and the news and shit happens between batters. Right. You know, <laughs> Yeah, and it does seem to leak into other areas for for me at least. I was just talking to a friend about something not at all related to politics, but something that had happened the previous week. And she said, was that only a week ago? And I'm like, yeah, it seems like it was months ago. And I think it is because so much is happening. You know, every five minutes we get new horrific news. Yeah, that whole thing about time flies when you're having fun. Well, this ain't it. Yeah, (laughs) it's really dragging. Oh, not to get too into, I don't want to get too localized, but you are here in San Francisco and we did just have an election. What did you think of that? Yeah, I was, I'm not a big uh, London breed fan. Like, uh, Mark Leno has been a friend of Comedy Day, which is a 
very close to my heart. And so I, I voted for him. And uh, he's, he, you know, Willie Brown, the, the mayor, would always come out to Comedy Day. And he'd throw out the first joke. And it was actually <laughs> funny. It was actually funny because I'm backstage telling people, you know, it's a daytime thing. It's noon to five. A lot of kids out there. Please keep it clean. And and Willie would always drop the first F bomb. And so <laughs> it was, you know, it was an honor and yet uh it was a blessing and a curse. It's funny because it seems like here in San Francisco, I've only lived here a couple of years now, and it always seemed to me that the politics were so messy and uh divisive, but at the same time you just made me realize that it's possible to live in San Francisco and be a single issue voter and your single issue is do they like jokes? And yeah. you'll still be okay. Like you'll still be all right. Yeah, Ed Lee was a great guy, but he had the sense of humor of an end table. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so Leno Leno's good. Uh uh I don't know if London Breed will will come out and help us, but what the hell, we'll give it a shot. Can you real quick break down what Comedy Day is for listeners outside of the area? Because it's a pretty amazing thing. It is. It's It started in 1980, I think. And it was uh, 1981. And it was kind of a response by Jose Simone to encourage the city to laugh again because they had gone through some dark times. You know, they it was uh, right after Jim Jones and uh, uh, the, uh, the the assassinations of Mayor uh, Moscone and uh, Harvey Milk. And so the town, so comedy started, you know, a, a little rise. And this was always uh, kind of the left bank of stand-up comedy in the 80s and 90s. And we, we do a five-hour uh, free concert in Golden Gate Park. And we get Robin Williams used to be a, a, a big friend of Comedy Day, and he would show up whenever he was in town, and he anonymously gave us money to, to produce it. And uh, so it's uh, 38th annual coming up this September, September 16th, the last Sunday of summer. And uh, Golden Gate Park in the newly named Robin Williams Meadow used to be known as uh, Sharon Meadow, but only because of its proximity to the Sharon Arts Building. But so we didn't have to. uh, My my wife kind of rammed it through uh, City Hall, uh, the naming of uh, the the meadow. So September. That's great. Yeah, it's 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 almost like a company picnic, you know. Even comics who aren't uh, one of the forty picked to perform that 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 year, uh, everybody shows up, and we have food ba- food and beer and wine backstage. And it's it's well, that's, uh, that's yeah. the craziest part, I think, is the uh, all you can drink for comics, which is such a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the day. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's awesome. And how perfect the uh, Robin Williams Park was just renamed. So now nobody's going to have a problem finding it this year, I assume. Exactly. And it, it's funny, Keith Lowe, that you mentioned about comics drinking free beer. We used to be sponsored by Gordon Biersch, and they would give us kegs of beer backstage. And it was like, I don't know, 4 9 or 5 2% alcohol. And then uh, Lagunitas uh, j- jumped in, and uh, they – 
they provide us with a, a beer called Something Something, which is my favorite beer now. It's it's kind of replaced the Anchor Steam. and But the Something Something is 7.4% alcohol. Oh so comics God. comics would drink what they thought were two beers, and it was like, <laughs> you know, and they're toast. The backstage, you know, <laughs> it was hysterical. That's, the first that's year. Perfect. We replaced it. Yeah, it was. Whenever I'm around a bunch of comics, what I'm always thinking is, man, if only they were drunker. Like, they're just not quite drunk enough. <laughs> yeah, and they're, oh, they're always out of beer because I always go in the last set. And uh, Debbie and I are the only two who have appeared at every comedy day. And I always go in the last set, and uh, the kegs have run out. You know, it's <laughs> I can't wow. drink until I'm on. You know. For people... Following along at home, Debbie Durst is also a very accomplished uh, comedian doing mostly improv, I, I believe, correct? And some that sketch? Is, that is true. Improv and sketches. And yeah, she's uh, she's a comedy floozy. She's been with every possible improv group in the Bay Area. And she also does a double act with her partner, Michael Bossier, called Deb and Mike. And now she's working with a, a couple of women of a particular age. And uh, they call themselves the Bad Aunties. <laughs> and it's Judy Nihei and Diane Amos, who many people might know as the Pine Saw Lady. You know, I always warn comedians not to date other comedians, that it's a bad idea. How have you guys made it work? Yeah, that was weird, because I had this rule, no comedians, no waitresses. And, and, then, <laughs> and then I fell in love with uh, this this elfin gammon a uh, really incredibly smart, kind human. And uh, it's worked out. We have the same shop talk. You know? Nice. Right. Yeah, it seems like there's there's a uh, there's a stereotype of comedians being just having a lot of mental issues and require <laughs> a lot of you know a lot of babying sometimes and a lot of re- reinforcement at other times. And so I, I could imagine generally two comedians in a relationship together it does sound like a recipe for disaster. It's 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 not. I mean, it's it's no uh, no different than any other relationship that you have in that uh you share a sense of humor. I think people find each other and they share it. we have the same humor. It's it's you know, we have limits and uh I I think her barriers are you don't make fun of people less fortunate than yourselves and some people and and she's very kind and and trust and yet we have this dark bitter kind of uh, 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 sense of humor and uh, I call myself the ultimate pessimist in that you know I'm I'm always, I like being a pessimist because then I'm always surprised when things work out well yeah, I mean, that's a certainly a good outlook to take these days. But and I, I, I feel like I'm also a bit of a pessimist. But I think that in the last year or so, I've been I've realized I'm not as good a pessimist as I thought. <laughs> I thought it could be bad, but I didn't realize it could be this bad. Well, that's kind of like I'm a hypochondriac. But then I really got sick. And the worst thing in the world for a hypochondriac is to be right. Because it you feel like it confirms all your other dark thoughts. I think that's what us pessimists are going through now. We're like, oh, wait, the world's really shit? <laughs> and it's getting worse. I think Miss Watson is right. Yeah, yeah it, does, it seems like 
we're headed towards, you know, one of those post-apocalyptic <laughs> nightmare situations that I've always suspected. And yeah, it's like every every day is a new confirmation of that. It is a bit like like being a hypochondriac. In fact, only like instead of worrying about the sickness in your body, it's like the sickness in the entire world. The only this saving is- grace that we have is that we live in, you know, the last pocket of resistance. We live in, you know, we live in <laughs> the rebel base. <laughs> right. This is San Francisco is Endor. Right. Yeah, around the time of the election, uh, my Canadian boyfriend and I were talking about how we are well set up to start up some sort of underground railroad system for uh, people <laughs> who need it because, you know, we're both, you know, privileged hetero white people who live in San Francisco. So it's like, and he's got Canadian citizenship. So if we need to funnel people up the coast, <laughs> I feel like we can we can make this happen. Well, I'm going to hang on to your number. Yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, if you if you need it, if you're first up against the wall, we'll help. <laughs> do you guys, do you guys have that person in your friend list? Like, I, I have my friend Joe. He's a survivalist, but but a liberal one, which are rare. He goes up to Alaska every year. He knows how to hunt and fish, and he knows how to sew and cook. Like, if the shit hits the fan, I'm going to his house. Do you have that person in your life that's like gonna gonna make things okay? No, but I'm I'm interested in in picking up a, a phony ID. So if you know of anybody who does that sort of thing, <laughs> Joe can do it. Joe can do it. My person is is Adam Savage, and I've told him this before. Oh, that's right. We've had this this conversation before, mostly about zombie apocalypses and things <laughs> like that. But you know, when when shit goes down, you know, he's got like an assault vehicle and <laughs> and all of the tools needed to survive. So, oh my God, I have not worried about zombie apocalypse since that fateful November. Wasn't it great when we yeah. got to worry about an apocalypse that was fanciful? yeah well if you look at trump supporters they're all zombies because it doesn't matter what he does you know there's they're still going to support him unfortunately i do think you're right that you know we we sort of cling to these tales of people having regret over voting for trump it happens every now and again but it, it only happens when those people are directly affected by something and so by the time everybody that voted for Trump and supports Trump is directly affected, it seems like it's going to be a little too late for their regret. Well, and all, this is the all worst. Of his, <laughs> all of his policies, you know, are harming them more than anybody else. I mean, it's getting true. rid of Obamacare, you know, I mean, I, I hope they're willing to die for their supreme leader because uh, it's going to happen. What do you yeah, think? It's so- Oh, go, go ahead, oh, Keith. No, I'm going to give this one to you. Okay. What, what do you think is our path away from the dystopia? Uh, November. Yeah. The, the midterms. If, yeah, the midterm elections. If, if, he, if he can, you know, actually, if the Democrats can actually uh, mount some sort of challenge and, and, you know, surf the blue wave. As if it comes, you know, I, I worry that the election may not be fair. And, if, you know, if the election is fair, I think uh, the Democrats will take the House and then all sorts of different stuff will happen. Yeah. You're, see, that's that's, a I think, very optimistic outlook, because I often think, you know, 
turnout in these uh, recent local elections haven't been really that great. And I don't know, I, I, I sort of worry that people get complacent and just assume that other people are going to do uh, what needs to be done or that they think that their vote isn't going to matter, you know, which we see again and again. Like, you know, when uh, when George W. Bush got reelected, I think it was a real wake up call for me because the first time it was disappointing. But the second time I was just completely crushed. You know, I couldn't understand how that could have happened. And I'm worried that a similar thing is going to happen with the midterms. You mentioned George W. Bush, and it it actually really frightens me. Going back to Will Durst ditching bipartisan uh, comedy, that all through W you managed to stay bipartisan. Well, is that how bleak it wow. is now? Really? Yeah, yeah, but mostly I I pick on Democrats for being useless. You know, they're like a yeah, like a an ejection seat in a helicopter. I mean, it, you know. <laughs> Seriously, but, you, but it, at least here in Sacramento, conservative radio would have you on when you came to town to do shows. They'd interview you, and, and conservative audiences seem to like you. How is that now? Are you able to connect with modern conservatives? Are they able to laugh at themselves and enjoy your show? Um, I I tell people up front if you if you think the current occupant of the Oval Office is a breath of fresh air. This show is not for you. I, I, you know, I don't make any, uh, any, any, you know, I don't, I, I, I try to be, uh, I don't care anymore. Really? <laughs> I think, I think that's and have it. you had, have you had yeah. walkouts? Uh, I have, I have, and I kind of react to them, you know, like, yeah. uh, yeah, go, go. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't let the door hit you in the butt on the way out. You know, yeah, so I, I told, one couple that was leaving. Oh, if you voted for Trump, this is just the beginning. Get used to being disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh man, what's the? Are you are you going to any like more conservative enclaves to with your show? I'm going to uh, North Bend, Washington, which is just outside of Seattle. I'm going to uh, uh, Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do I'm going to do Waukesha, Wisconsin. Uh, but uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin, the most conservative county in uh, in America, at least it was when I was growing up. It's uh, it's the county represented by James Sensenbrenner. So, yeah, yeah, but you got to remember, guys, that uh, even in the reddest of of counties or, you know, in theaters, and I'm doing theaters, not so much comedy clubs, the comedy club owners don't, do, uh, they get a much rowdier, younger kind of a crowd, politically mixed, whereas I'm doing little theaters, you know, like 250-seat theaters, and and you get a, a much theaters uh, just because of the nature of the theater audience. You know, it's it's a lot bluer. And and so I don't really have to worry that much. And and liberals that live in a conservative place are so much more fun because they have opposition. <laughs> you know, So they're they're fired up. They're passionate. Yeah, it's it's almost like therapy. It's it's you know, I'm half comedian, half therapist. I'm a theramedian. <laughs> 
Now that sounds like you play the theremin. Don't you know? Use that in your- <laughs> you, I love that. No, I think you should add a theremin to your act. <laughs> it's funny. I think if you spell theater with an R E at the end, no, I hate that. Conservatives won't come in. I think I that's. Hate- I hate the R-E. Do I also you? hate center R-E. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that too, actually. It really bothers me. And like my local theater spells it that way. And I'm like, just what are you, what are you doing? If you're a tiny town theater. No, but now you know. British. They're keeping conservatives away. Come on. Yeah. You know, if you're, uh, if you're uh, the, the thing in, uh, in England, you know, the Avon place where Shakespeare was, then you get to do R.E. Otherwise, yes. come on. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> uh, so you, you grew up in Wisconsin then. How, how long were you there before you, uh, before you escaped to San Francisco? Or were the, there other places? The comedian Jake Johansson has a great line. He says, uh, I grew up in Iowa, and it wasn't until I was 23 that I realized I was free to leave. And <laughs> Yeah, I left Wisconsin, uh, and uh, I, had, I had gone to L.A. a couple of other times. I started doing stand-up in 1974 in Milwaukee, but uh, comedy's illegal in Milwaukee, so I've heard that. I was <laughs> – I went to L.A. in 75, and then I came back. And uh, so when I left for good in Milwaukee, I went to San Francisco in 79. November of 79, I got here. And uh, I had, you know, at the time, there were there were three cities where you could earn your living at, or earn money at stand-up. And they were Chicago, Boston, and San Francisco. And I'm a not, not a big fan of Chicago and Boston had winter and San Francisco. <laughs> um, it just seemed like, you know, I had heard about the, the Robin Williams, Holy city zoo thing. Cause he had just gotten Mork and Mindy and they did a big article in playboy about him. And I had a girlfriend who moved out here. And so it just, it just worked out. And the first time, first week I was in San Francisco, I was on stage eight times, wow. which, yeah, it was heaven. It was, it was comedy Valhalla, yeah. And you were never lured away to L.A.? I moved down to L.A. for uh, gigs, you know, but yeah. never for never because I hated being number 14, handing, standing out in the parking lot. And my material was always changing. So, I mean, people got used to doing the same best seven minutes. And my best seven minutes were always the newest seven minutes. And, uh, yeah, it it just – San Francisco worked out better for me. I, I, I did a one-man show in New York for four months. It was supposed to be four, three weeks or something. And uh, I did a, a, a play in L.A. and uh, – a, a, I also did a um, a one man show in L.A., but uh, yeah, yeah. But those were for three or four months at a time. I never, I never really moved to L.A. I, it's not my. I don't know. You can smell the desperation down. There. <laughs> <laughs> the comedy shows in L.A. are so weird too, because you'll get a lot of people on the bill who are not comedians. They're actors who can't pass up a chance to be on stage and you know, possibly be seen or discovered. And it's a whole different vibe. Yeah, well, that's, it. it's always been like that. You know, I mean, the great thing for me when I started out was I was very lucky because uh, the people who were comics at the time, 
you know, they were outcasts and misfits and, and, you know, just hexagonal pegs, which didn't fit into round holes. And, and there was no money. So it, it wasn't until cable discovered how cheap it was to produce stand-up comedy <laughs> that, that, you know, the whole comedy wave took over. Yeah. It's great content. Just sitting there waiting. You, you gave me, since we're talking shop anyway, you gave me some really good advice one time where you told me enjoy being a feature. And you kind of got, your your period of being a feature was very, very short-lived because you won the San Francisco comedy competition. Right. I was a, I was a good MC, and a good MC is worth his weight in gold. You know? Amen. And, uh, but the middle act, the feature is, uh, yeah, that's, that's where it is. Cause you got no responsibilities. You can show up late and leave early. And, you know, everybody thinks that the headliner is supposed to be the funnier guy anyhow. So yeah, yeah. Feature no, yeah, yeah. No pressure. Boom. Learn. <laughs> yeah. So feature is the person who comes on bef- right before the headliner headliner goes on last. Yes. Yeah. The feature yes. Feature is a East Coast term in the in the West Coast. We called it the middle act. Gotcha. See, I, I have to when we interview a scientist, Keith asks the dumb questions. With you, I get to ask the dumb questions. <laughs> now, now you just said gravity. Can you explain what that is? Gravity. I'm what, not clear. What is comedy? <laughs> what is funny? Anything <laughs> is funny. I think carrot top is funny. I think uh, getting. <laughs> Getting on stage and making people laugh out loud on purpose against their will. That's not an easy thing to do. Do you think science can be funny? Yeah, there's a couple of uh, very funny men who uh, are are good at science. Uh, there's uh, Brian and... Brian uh, Mallow. Brian oh, yeah. And Mallow, very funny. And, uh, and uh, Bill Nye, who was a... Yeah. He started out purely as a stand-up comic and then just because of his you know skill set he 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 kind of found that little cul-de-sac that had both of them That's oh and true. who's the there's one other his name's tim and he does a, a slideshow about science at comedy clubs he's very funny do you, do you know who i'm talking about will no i don't no well then that sucks that i brought him up at all yeah <laughs> Tim. tim's gonna be out there listening to this like oh i'm so close <laughs> We'll make it up to by having him on when he comes through it again. Uh, dear listeners, please check in the notes where we will have a link to Tim, the science comedian's page. And you can check out all his wonderful science hijinks. Can Can I ask you about something, Will? I was, I was working with Jimmy Dore, and I still regret passing up the chance to go to lunch with you and him. And he told me that night, you guys always get together and go to a pizza place that has the largest... Uh, carbon footprint of any pizza in the world in san francisco <laughs> uh I, I don't know if he's talking about uh tony's or gaspari's yeah is there oven uh, gas powered like <laughs> the, 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 they fly the crusts in from uh from italy right before they eat it and i still don't know if jimmy was putting me on or not because when you're talking to comedians you always gotta you know guess yeah yeah well no i don't yeah yeah uh, it was funny the day that uh, Jimmy had me on his podcast. It was the day of the Blue Angels uh, flying over uh, San Francisco. That's the week I was working with him. Yeah. yeah I, I almost got beat up 
by uh, by one of the uh, military people who was heckling me the night before, and I, I did a good job shutting him down as a heckler. But then I I run into him when I'm out walking around during Fleet Week the next day with my family, and all of a sudden this like six foot six dude is standing next to me going, "Hey, let's see how funny you are now, buddy." Oh no! <laughs> did you just like and- hold up your daughter in front of your face? <laughs> That, oh, of course, of me. course, that's what I do. When I <laughs> yeah, I love those guys. You know, they think the ultimate insult is, hey, funny man. <laughs> right. You're like, thank you. No one's ever called me that before. <laughs> hey, funny man. Well, you, what's so funny now? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of my face. Speaking, speaking of funny men, you guys should check out this guy, Tim Lee. He's a science oh, comedian. Tim Lee, he, you say? <laughs> Tim Lee. He's a very funny. He actually was a, a scientist who became a comedian. So the L E E or L E I G H? Uh, either one, but uh, L E E, I think, is <laughs> bird spelling. Oh, poor Tim. Every time he thinks he's got a win, and then we snatch it away from him. <laughs> he, he is very funny, and I've really enjoyed working with him. I, I do suggest to science and comedy fans go check him out, Tim. Well, Lee. this is the perfect podcast <laughs> for that. Yeah. 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 All right. Will, do you feel confident going into Quizatron in a couple of weeks? Uh, how's your How's your science knowledge? Oh, slight, slight. I'm not a STEM guy. I'm I'm a liberal arts guy. Sorry. Gotcha. Well, you know, you get points for either getting the questions right or getting them funny. So, oh, yeah. Well, I'll try. I'll try. Uh, yeah, focus on the latter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel like yeah. for after this after this chat, I I feel confident that you'll do pretty well. And our comedian won last month, so you know. Oh, really? Precedent set. Yeah. Yeah. Are there, are there <laughs> Natasha Mutes? Ah. Ah, yeah, are the fabulous can. prizes? Uh, yeah, you get to win. You get to wear <laughs> the Quizotron belt, which, if you've Perfect. ever watched uh, WWE or other wrestling shows, it's similar to that. It's a very large belt, uh, and that, you get to wear it for about five minutes. Yeah, I do. Take long it, enough to get a picture. I do take it away. Somebody did walk off with it once. Uh, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Rachel Burks. Uh, we did a show in Minneapolis and. She just sort of went home with it because she didn't realize. And we're all <laughs> she still was the- like the Stanley Cup, you yeah. know, take it home and you drink beer out of it. Right. Yeah. yeah. We were all still at the bar and I, I'm like, well, I guess I should gather up my things and go. Where's the belt? Oh, no. <laughs> I had to make her mail it back to me. <laughs> so. Between now and the quiz, Will, you can uh, you can go to news.google.com and hit the science category. And I know that I can do that, and and I hope Rebecca respects that I intentionally don't because I uh, I know my role on the show, and I don't want to go Honestly, in there. Keith, I'm going to say this isn't an insult, but I don't think it would help you. Oh, you're going down. This <laughs> Wait, is it. It was this an is, insult. It was, wow, this is it my was month. an insult. <laughs> it this actually is my was. month. I'm winning it. Sorry, Will. Your chances just closed. <laughs> I have to go, guys. I have I have homework to do. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, yeah. We've uh, we've gone on long enough. We we've taken up enough of your time, Will. Uh, could you once again tell the people at home where they can find you? Oh God! Not your personal in, home address in the Sunset District. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Uh, San Francisco, uh, anytime. I'll probably be at a Pete's coffee shop. WillDurst.com, W-I-L-L-D-U-R-S-T.com. 
gigs and 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 fabulous prizes and quizzes and uh, and commentaries and columns and all sorts of groovy stuff. Awesome. And of course, you guys can catch Will at our next Quizzatron happening July 5th at Piano Fight in San Francisco. Ticketing info is going up soon at Quizzotron.com. Will, Keith, thank you so much for joining me. This was a fun conversation. Thank you, Miss Watson. I'm looking forward to meeting you on July 5th. Me too.